Okay, we started a new series a couple of weeks ago on prayer, and that's one of the things I've been thinking about for a long time, and it's hard to talk about it because uh, it's not something most churches are very good at. And so we want to learn more about prayer, and we have introduced uh, two types of prayer to this point. I, two weeks ago I talked about personal worship or a feel in the heart towards God. Feel in the heart towards God. That is, when we're talking to Him, uh, we're not always asking for things. Sometimes you talk to God as a friend, and sometimes it goes beyond that. Uh, and the point of it over here was, oh, come, let us adore him, adoration, or we love God. We want to be with him. We like to talk to him and, and bow before him and, and approach him just as someone that we're talking to, not always with a list of things we ask for. However, last week Levi talked about petition, that is asking for things. And God doesn't say, don't come to me and ask for something all the time. He says you can come and ask. Matter of fact, a lot of times you haven't asked, so you don't have what you want. And so certainly petition is, is a fine thing. And Levi talked about it last week, asking for things and coming to God and you have not because you ask not, you ask and receive not because you've asked amiss, you've asked for the wrong thing. And so uh, petition is important and that's something that we do all the time here. We take time to take your requests, your petitions. We ask God for things and uh, but we also need to be worshiping, talking to God on that one-to-one -one basis. And so you, when you begin to think about prayer, you want to open up your mind a little bit wider and say, well, I, I'm going to have a time when I actually talk to God, when I address Him. And we're going to go a step, I'm going to say lower today. <laughs> I start at the top with adoration and worship. And we're going to go to admiration, it's called, or that is we admire God. And this is a different way uh, of worshiping, and I think it's a very valuable way. God recommends it. And God is willing for us uh, to admire Him particularly the things that he does. So admiration is, well, what, what did God do? Well, I look at it and we admire that. We admire those things. And God's fine with that. He does things very well. When we read about creation, he finishes a day and what does he say? That's very good. That's very good. And when he gets to the sixth day and he finishes the whole creation, what does he say? He looked at it while he had created and it was very good. It was excellent. And so God is willing for us to learn to admire his works. All right. And so God has works or things that he does. 
And the result of those things is something that we can admire, and he's willing for us to look at it, and that's a way for us to be more spontaneous. All right? And sometimes worship, I told you, you've got to prepare your heart. You've got to get ready to approach God. Remember Moses at the burning bush, God said, get your shoes off. You're not ready to come towards me. Get your shoes off and get ready. This is holy ground. Now, admiration can be much more spontaneous when we see something and admire what God has done, all right? And he's willing to have us do that. And so, uh, we want to think about the things that we are allowed to, uh, encouraged to admire. And number one is the things that God created. Creation. All right, it is a great thing. And look at Psalm number eight. All through the Psalms, we could go from one to the next to the next to the next and admire God's works. What has God done? Well, let's see what he's done. We could go from one to the next. There'd be a whole long list of things that he's done, but we're talking about creation. And this Psalm eight is one of David's masterpieces. Verse 1, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Uh, and so, as we're walking around on the earth, you see something that God made. And it's fantastic. I remember when I first went to Yellowstone Park, and I had this verse in my head. And every time I turned a corner, I said, Whoa, look at that. How excellent is thy name in all the earth. There was things, water shooting out of the ground up into the air. Uh, hot water come rolling out of the ground in the geysers. And you go around the next corner and there's what they call a paint pot. It's a crack in the ground. And the water comes up and you can see it and sometimes it's white. Sometimes it's yellow. Sometimes it's blue, and they call them paint pots. These water comes up out of the ground, and you, there it is right there, and then it disappears, goes back down, heats up, comes back up. Beautiful things. Right? Pools there, uh, 180 degree water just sitting there. Uh, amazing. We walked in to a waterfalls, and here's this, it's melting off the mountains, coming down, and it's chilling cold, and I see a spring coming out of the side of the hill. I touch it, and it's so hot it burn you. Amazing. Fascinating. Every time I say, Lord, this nice going. Beautiful. What a job. And uh, then he look at the Yellowstone Falls. It's called Yellowstone because the stone is yellow. You just can't see that anyway. You look at the Yellowstone Falls, and here's this yellow-colored rock, a huge waterfall coming over. Oh, Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Then you go around the corner, and there's a herd of buffalo. Wow, look at that. I got a real good look because we were driving, my brother and I were driving along at almost dark, and there was one in the road in front of us. He reared up on his hind legs like this, and we drove underneath him. And I looked out the window, <laughs> he's right there. I said, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, because he didn't land on the car. 
you know, but it's wonderful. And so we inspired by creation. You can do that anytime. Look out your window. I look out my window and there's a bluebird. What a masterpiece that is. A bluebird. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful bird. That's God's creation. A cardinal. You see those? I got a house friend. He yells at me every time I come out the door. He sits right on my porch and I talk to him and he yells at me. We go back and forth. He's great. I love to see him. And when I see his uh, proud little beard this big, I say, how excellent is thy name. Nice job. What a pleasant little creature that is. And I've had opportunities to do things that a lot of people don't get to do. I've slept with a deer. Okay, I used to sleep with a deer. I got some pictures the other day from my sister from years ago, and it's got me laying down with a deer. A lot of people don't get to do that. Everybody else ever slept with a deer? (laughs) No, no, yeah. It's just pretty unusual, okay? But I got to do things like that. And you learn that when you see something, wow, excellent, nice job. Driving through the swamp last summer, and I just pulled up towards the creek, and I look, and there's a big bald eagle on a branch. And he came down, hit that water, splashed all over. He got a big, big old fish he dragged up out of the water. And I happened to see it happen. You know, how excellent is thy name. And so that's a, to admire what God has done. And <clears throat> That's what he says here, verse 3, When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? And so God says, look around. And chapter 19, Psalm 19, is the one that I quote regularly. When I look up at night... And I see the moon, or I see the stars. The heavens declare the glory of God. Firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day utter his speech. Night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. There's a voice up there. He said there's a voice saying God made us. And we look up at the heavens and it's a moment for us to say, I love it. Thank you. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing that you've made. And that's some of the work of God that you can spontaneously see, look at, thank God for it, ask, tell God, I love, I love the fact that you made that bluebird or you made that little wren and you made his voice what it is. And uh, I have two big doors that open up to the outside and we had them open the other night and it's dark, it's dark. Dawn is coming, but it hasn't arrived yet. And all of a sudden, there's a bird singing. He's singing in the dark. And then there's another one. And there's another one. Sun's not up yet. It's getting closer. Not up yet. And before the sun comes up, there must be a hundred of them. They're singing their hearts out out there. Singing and singing and singing before the sun comes up. And I think to myself... I don't know if I could sing that long. They're singing in the dark. And already they, I think, have something that God put in them that they're happy every day. They're singing every day. 
and they're, they're singing a song and God hears it. And now there's a hundred birds out there singing of every kind of song you could think of. And you think, God, boy, nice, nice choir you put together. It's a beautiful choir you got out in my yard. Thank you. And you worship and you admire what God has done. All right? Now, there's another thing that God has given us. Uh, we look in Psalm 138. These are reasons for the work that God has done. And we look at what God has done and we appreciate it. Psalm 138 and verse number 2. I will worship towards thy holy temple. Praise thy name for thy loving kindness, for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. The second thing that God made was God's word. God's word. The Bible. This is God's work. He taught the humans communicated with them. He got inside of them. Said, say this, say that, see this, understand that. He got inside of them and they made a, a record. And without this book, I don't know where I'd be. I wouldn't be standing here. I'd be on or wine. I'd probably be dead by now without this book. This book is a masterpiece of God communicating to the human race. It was his work and he put it together and he says he's magnified his word above all of his name. Now there's lots of names for God and there's lots of different ways we talk about God. El Shaddai, alright, Lord God Almighty. Different names that we use for God. Jesus Christ, Messiah, all those names that we use for God. But he said he's magnified or he's made larger his word than he has his name. So you could memorize all the names for God. Say, well I know all God's names. Well good for you. What do you know about him? You only get that here. All right, so as we learn about God, this becomes a priceless thing to us. I remember my father said, don't you ever set your Bible on the floor. That's the way he used to be. Don't you set your Bible on the floor. All right? And sometimes I do it today when I'm studying. I'm surrounded by books. And I think, oh, I can't do that. <laughs> I got to pick it up. He magnifies the Word of God. That's some, a work that God did, and that's something we really, really get a lot of value from, is God's Word. That's some of the work that He has done. All right, here's another one that we don't think of, Ephesians, Ephesians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, chapter number 2. This you might not think of so much as God's work. And so you might not think to be thankful or to worship God, admire God for some of His work. And here's what His work is. Ephesians 2, verse 10. For we are His workmanship. 
created in Jesus Christ unto good works, which God hath foreordained that we should walk in them. And so people are part of God's work. When I do funerals, I usually say somewhere in the funeral that people are gifts to us from God. God made each person unique and special. Then he gave us a gift, said, here, they're yours. You can have them for a while. And some of them we have a long time. Some of our parents have lived into their 80s, and some we don't have as long. All right? But they're gifts from God. And he says they're, they're a work of God. And when we look around the church, there ought to be a lot of admiration as we see what God has done in the hearts of people in church. We got somebody in the kitchen working. You got somebody who mowed the lawn outside. All right? You got somebody singing up in the corner. All right? You got people filling the trough so you can eat. All right? You got people doing all kinds of things. And these are gifts that God gave to us. He's working on them and he's created a very special thing. And I was thinking about that and I always go back to this because it is the most uh, of all the people I've known uh, is the most one of the most impressive people I knew in the work of this church. She used to sit right there in that third pew right there. Her name was Hazel Howard. Hazel had a, a birth defect so she could barely walk. She walked like that and uh, her speech was also slurred. And so when she spoke her speech was slurred and very slow. And Hazel Howard had a lot to do with you being here today, with me being here, especially me. Uh, I used to drive by her house to work at 7.30 every morning and drove home at 5.30 by her house. And years later, you know, I'd done that for a long time. Years later, she said, I watched for you, and every time you drove to work, I prayed for you. And then I watched for you come home, sit on my porch, waiting for you to pass. And every time you passed, I prayed for you. So I've been praying for you for years, twice a day, every time you drive by. And I thought a lot about that. And I don't know of anybody else who prayed for me that much. And then Hazel and I were at a Bible study up in Waterport. And we were coming home one winter's night. And we got right in the middle of the swamp. And the car stopped <laughs> right in the middle of the swamp, and it was a howling blizzard. I said, what am I going to do with Hazel? She can't walk. And so I said, I'm going to jump out, Hazel. You all right? Oh, I'm fine. You go ahead. And I jumped out, and I ran up the road as fast as I could, stopped at a house. There's only one house down there. <laughs> and I borrowed the phone and called somebody, and I ran as fast as I could, got back in the car. And so we're sitting there, and I'm all covered with snow. And she says to me, well, I've been praying for you while you were gone. I said, well, thank you. And she said, and when you open your church, I'm going to attend it. I said, Hazel, I'm not going to open the church. She said, well, when you do, 
She said, I'll be attending your church. And I said, I have no plans to do that. That's not something I ever thought I'm going to do. She said, well, when you do. And she was right. She was right. She had prayed for the, the, this church to exist before it ever came into my head. Before it was ever in it. And so you talk about the workmanship of God. There's a lady who almost single-handedly helped this church to come into being, praying for me when I had no intention of ever being a pastor. Praying for me when I, you asked me, you want to be a pastor? I said, what are you kidding? Nobody wants that job. All right. And that night, I never forgot it. She said, I'll be there when you open. And she was there. We had work to do around here for eight months, and she couldn't work. She could hardly stand. And she said to me, I got to do something. I want to be a part. And I said, well, I don't know what you can do, Hazel. We're throwing pews around and painting walls and everything. She said, can I clean the refrigerator? I said, yes, you can. Didn't need it. But she came and cleaned the refrigerator. And I thought to myself, this is a person that can barely walk. And she's cleaning the refrigerator because she just can't resist. <laughs> well, that's God's workmanship. She couldn't hardly talk well. Couldn't walk. But she was extremely valuable. God's workmanship. So we learn to love God's workmanship. And of course, uh, when we talk about the work of God, uh, the one thing is redemption, or you may call it salvation. Of all the work that God did, it's what the one we admire the most. When we're talking about Jesus and talking to him, saying, I love what you did. I love the Bluebird. I love Hazel Howard. Nice going. I love the Bible that you filled with information and gave to us. Thank you for that. But then we come to that. And that is gripping and stunning. That he went and suffered for us and gave his life for us and and was abused and and treated like in a horrible way uh, and suffered intensely so much so that he almost died in the Gethsemane. He almost died in Gethsemane praying for us there, taking on us uh, him, our sins. He almost died right there in Gethsemane. He was bleeding through his pores. And they say that if that happens to you, you're not got long to live. And he was bleeding through his pores in Gethsemane. And the angel says, came and strengthened him. The angel gave him something that made him strong enough to continue for the next, well, till three o'clock when he died on the cross. And so that work of redemption, and that, understand that was a work. Uh, Jesus, when he prayed to his father, said, I have finished the work that you gave me to do. 
And so for him, redemption was a work. Creation, fantastic. We love it. Uh, God's word so useful to us. And we talk to him and admire him and say, you know, when you run across something in the Bible and it really speaks to your heart, don't just sit there and say, oh, yeah, I got that one. Look up and say, thanks. Thank you. Thank you for opening my heart so I could see what was here. Admire God for his works. And so our prayer life needs to be petitioned. We have to pray for people that are in need. We have to pay, pray for people that we're concerned about, for people in trouble, for babies and for small children, for everything, that, all things we got to pray for. But make sure that a part of our life is included the admiration as we look around and see what God has done. If you can't see God's hand in creation, you're blind, deaf, and dumb. Mostly dumb, okay? Because it's so evident. It's so evident. You know, I grew up in a house where we were immersed in nature. My father led me out through the swamp when I could hardly follow. Keep up, all right? <laughs> we went through the water and got, came out soaking wet because that's where he went and I went with him. And uh, through those things, I had a lot of exposure to nature, but I got to see things that most people never see. And so you learn to value God's work, his creation, his wonderful word, and tell him. I look out at my tulip tree, and it's covered with orange-colored uh, blossoms that are shaped like a tulip. Covered with them. If I, I told Daphne, if I could, I'd bring the whole tree in here. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's a tree covered with tulips. My father planted it, and I worship God every time I look at it. Wow, look at it. You just can't find anything like that. Whoever thought. And so uh, if you're going to learn to worship God and have that feeling in your heart where you embrace God, where you love God, you're going to have to use the tools that he's given us, which are his works, the people he's given us, God's word he's given us, creation he's given us. And most of all, he gave us the plan of redemption. He died on that cross. And that should be enough when you hear it to bring a tear to your eye. Sometimes when a choir is singing, I just start feeling the tears coming to my eyes because they're talking about what wonderful things Jesus did. And when you stop and listen, you know, you begin to feel in your heart. The feeling in your heart rises up and you're thankful to God for his works. And so, though I listed number two on the list, number one being the intense worship of our Heavenly Father, number two, admiring the works of God. It certainly wins God's approval. He's happy to have you do it. Until you can see God's hand in the people sitting next to you, in this, in the frog out in the, in the creek, all right? And you can see it in that, up there. And you can see God work everywhere 
around and realize what it did to change your life. And there's a call into the heart that says, more, more, worship. Reach out to God. Talk to him. He's not just there to answer your questions, although he's quite willing to do that. But he wants you to feel the goodness of God coming towards us so that we'll worship in higher ways. Okay? Next week we'll go on as Levi talks about uh, praying for others. Thank you. Thank you.